spread one love, okay? Thanks for tuning in to us, the Eminem Show. Eminem. Show. Were they like cookies, brownies? They were chocolates, but they were 100 milligrams each. So I guess 500 I, I, I milligrams. 500 milligrams. Five. That just that sounds so uncomfortable. Is that a lot? Yes. Is the well, short answer. it's more answer. than a little. I mean, I've slept great. <clears throat> um, but then I didn't sleep so great last night, so I don't know if it was related to my sleep-a-thon from the night before. So I'm going to ask you, just how long did you sleep? I didn't sleep unnecessarily long, eight hours, but man, they were good good hours (laughs) how was your holiday weekend um it was cool it was cool really nothing too exciting (laughs) nothing too exciting just chilling and resting and stuff yeah okay um i'm really really excited to get into the conversation with you Mm -hmm. before the show we were kind of warming up talking about this topic if you've been tuning into the eminem show you know that this is a topic that's very dear and we talk about it a lot as Washingtonians. And that is the state of housing, of affordable housing yeah. for Washingtonians. So real quick, can you please tell us about your company, about your organization, about your work in the city for this cause? Yeah. Um, so I'm a housing and people's platform organizer at 1DC. Um, 1DC is an organization that fights to you know, create and preserve racial and economic equity in D.C. So um, my job as housing organizer is to organize with longtime Washingtonians that are fighting against displacement, Um, displacement by way of luxury redevelopments um, that the city, you know, paves the way for, that city officials pave the way for. Okay. Those bastards. Right. Really? City officials. Can you tell us more about (laughs) city officials? So we've been talking a lot about local elections, local government, who does what, who to talk to about these different issues. So when it comes to this this issue, what city officials are you most working with to help mitigate this problem? I mean, it's really more a matter of exposing city officials that are collaborating with developers to formulate housing policy based on profit instead of based on human need. So, you know, there's, you can't really work with them. You just have to continuously expose them in order to 
put, you know, enough public pressure on them to do the right thing, basically. Yeah. So speaking of putting pressure on them, we're right here. One Love Massive across from Howard Theater bringing live dope music. And One DC is located really close, right? Right around the corner? Yeah. 614 S Street. Oh, oh man. We're, yeah. we're neighbors for real. Yeah, we really are. I was like, oh, I drove around because I'm really bad with directions. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> yeah. And I just was like, oh, I could have just stayed parked at the office and walked over. But... It's literally a block away. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> so is it... That's awesome, no, I appreciate that. Is that where people should come for more information or to help join the organization? Or? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, people can find information at, on our website, uh, 1dconline.org. Okay. Um, that gives good summaries of our work. Sign up for our mailing list. You can join as a member on there. You can see what events, community events we have coming up and stuff like that. That's super awesome. You know, I um I started working with this organization a couple years ago called uh, Raise Your City, and they did um they would do um, fundraisers for nonprofits that are located in D.C. But um, their focus was uh, nonprofits that reinvested back into D.C. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked to find out, like, out of all the nonprofits, like you could hold in your hand all of the ones that actually reinvest into D.C. Yeah. Uh, so it's really nice to know that you work for one of them. Cause yeah, definitely. That's a really important point. Yeah. Um, yeah. People, I don't think, I think at the time there was like 12, mm-hmm. like literally only 12 nonprofits in the whole city that actually like, mm-hmm. now this was maybe nine years ago or so or mm-hmm. Eight years, seven years, I don't know. So hopefully it's changed. But Yeah, know. well, I mean, considering that there's like 8,000 nonprofits operating in the area. Right. It's, yeah, it's, then comparatively. It's, yeah, it's really, <laughs> uh, it doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? There's so many people getting left behind here. Yeah. I mean, it's nice. Like, I care about the kids in mm-hmm. whatever <laughs> other place. You know what I mean? But I also care about the people in D.C. first and foremost. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, really what's happening everywhere is all connected. And I feel like with D.C. housing, you know, this is like the center of it. You know, we're supposed to be um, the most progressive city in the nation on housing. The mayor claims that she's the most progressive mayor on the East Coast. We're supposed to have, you know, I think we have the highest amount of money in the housing production trust fund, like more than any other major city in America. But here we are with at least 40,000 longtime black D.C. residents expelled from the city, essentially, over the last 40 years. And, you know, it just continues like it continues. And yeah. What is that? What is that fund you mentioned? What is that? The Housing Production Trust Fund. It's basically a drop in the bucket. Um, to what we actually need to put into housing. So like the same way that city officials come together to, you know, figure out a way to spend millions and millions of dollars on a stadium. Instead, they could come together and figure out how to spend millions and millions of dollars to house everyone Mm -hmm. because that's our basic human right. Mm -hmm. Like not something that we should have to go sell our labor for. That's something that every single person should be entitled to whether or not they have a job whether or not they have an addiction whether or not anything whether or not they went to school like it's just a basic human right just like you should have a right to eat just like you should have a right to be cured when you're ill or at least be seen you know by a, a medical professional 
But this economic system just takes all those rights from us. Mm -hmm. So we only have the right to, you know, be cured from illness if we have the money to pay for it, which we got to work for, you know? So. so true. So what can we what can we do to fight what's going on in D.C.? How can we help one D.C.? How can you know what what do we do? What, what can people that don't know much about this? What can they do? I mean, people can start organizing, you know, like the, the housing crisis doesn't just affect um, native Washingtonians. That's mm -hmm. that's who it affects, you know, the most. But it also affects, you know, graduate from some, you know, school, move to Washington, D.C., get a public policy job making 50 grand a year. So, like, how much does housing cost? Like, you're still probably spending half your check on your housing. So the housing crisis, it's not just a matter of if you have a roof over your head. It's mm -hmm. also about, like, what is your quality of life? You know what I mean? How comfortable are you allowed to be? Uh, how did you get started into community or community organizing? Well, I kind of moved into it from um, the anti-war movement. So when I was in grad school, um, you know, I always, having grown up part of my life in the Middle East, I was always partial to what was happening uh, with the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. So when I moved to D.C. for grad school, it was kind of like the first time I ever really saw like a protest in person. And I saw all these people just like flooding the streets for Palestine and for Gaza. And so I was like, I just wanted to go to them. So I just made, you know, made a sign, went to the protests, kept going to the protests. Then I started seeing like some of the organizers or the people who appeared to be organizers of the actions um, repeatedly. So then I started, you know, hanging around them and seeing what meetings and stuff they were going to because I wanted to you know, do something about the, this shit. You know what I mean? Like, why are we allowing, you know, people to suffer like this? So it really just was a matter of like, um, seeing more and more until I finally saw the whole picture. How long have you been working with One DC? So I've been a member for a couple of years. I think I joined officially in 2014. I was first introduced to the organization in like 2011. Um, but I, I came on staff in October of 2016, so just over a year. Do you like it? I mean, do you find it, do you find yourself like drained from like fighting a lot, or are you like ready? Have you been training for this, and you're like ready to sink your teeth into it? I mean, both at different times <coughs> for lots of reasons. But uh, I mean, like I was saying earlier, you know, before we started filming, like once you see, you can't unsee. And yeah. like once you see, you got to do something, you know, you, you don't have to do everything, but you got to do something. You can't just ignore this shit, you know. And so that's really my answer to that is that like I would not be able to live with myself if I ignored it and didn't do anything about it. Um, so... Yeah, that's mad respectful. I mean, I definitely I feel that way as well. I'm, it's you know, why I started the company. Um, I just knew I wouldn't be able to spend my life fighting because it would just drain me so hard. But mm -hmm. you know, I just wanted to be a part of the problem or part <clears throat> of the solution and not a part of the problem because it yeah. really is. Uh, it, you know, it it you're either <clears throat> part of the problem or you're part of the solution, and that's exactly. it. And I, exactly, it's, it's not a super black and white line. No, nope, you got to pick a side. You know, but but yeah. but it's a real thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, so I definitely respect that a lot. Appreciate yeah. that. Thanks. So, what are some of the ways that you're fighting against this 
huge mm-hmm. macronomic socio-political problem that is the displacement of these residents and yeah and gentrification yeah well i mean when it all comes down to it it's about who has control over land and labor okay is it is it the landlords is it the landlords or is it the um you know, your employer, like, are those the people that control the land and labor? Or do you, the worker, control the land and labor? Like, you, the worker, whose labor built these buildings. You, the worker, who, like, you know, grew these fruits in your gardens. You know what I mean? Like, you're the one who's really in charge. You run this shit. They don't run this shit. If you take all your, you know, Walmart uniforms off, their Walmart will close. You know what I mean? Because you're running it. And at the end of the day, that's really what people need to recognize. And people need to build alliances on that basis. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Not on the basis of identity, necessarily. You know what I mean? You can build those and, and that can lead to an even stronger alliance with all workers, you know, because that's the only way we're ever going to bring this shit down. Like if anybody thinks that like any particular group can bring this shit down, they can't like people have to join forces. And that's why when the Ferguson uprising was happening, you know, people in Palestine were holding up from, you know, from Ferguson to Palestine signs yeah. because people <clears throat> recognize that, you know, international so solidarity is so ultimately. Powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's people got to see that, you know. People got to see that. So I see my job as an organizer as as, you know, bringing people to that point. You know what I mean? Like that's the political education part of what we do, because it's it's more than just like fighting because this isn't fair. It's not just not fair in this particular situation because they're dirty and breaking laws and stuff like that. Sure. In that sense, it's not fair. But in like the much larger sense, it's not fair because it was your labor that did all this. You know, not the labor of the tiny handful of people that control all of the wealth. Mm-hmm. Man, that's a definite paradigm shift in, in perspective. I've uh, definitely uh, been been looking at all the different ways that we can kind of disrupt these different mega businesses and power structures. Um, with these development companies mm-hmm. that are coming in. Man, you know, from I'm just thinking about being a kid in D.C., all the small businesses that existed, all the small food places and, you know, locally owned different chain stores, corner Mm -hmm. stores that are being replaced with these huge multimillion dollar companies. Um, I'm I live in Northeast very close to Brooklyn Manor. Mm-hmm. And I know that you are working extensively mm-hmm. with uh, what's going on there. Can you let the people know? Yeah. Uh, what, I'm yeah. not hip at all because I'm on a social media detox. So I have no idea what's going on. What is going yeah. on in Brooklyn Manor? Yeah. Well, the first thing is like they want you to live on, you know, their terms, not on your terms. That's why they always, you know, break down the the break down the community by taking away the small businesses and all the things you were talking about because it's about you living on their terms so that they can extract as much you know of your labor power as possible um as for brooklyn manor you know the site of the largest proposed redevelopment in washington dc um that's a site where you know i'm going to tell you some numbers so that you can understand how ridiculous this is Right now, they have 535 units of affordable housing, um, where most 
not all, but most people on the property are paying 30% of their income. So, you know, it could be from zero to whatever. And um, the the owner, you know, the so-called owner of the property, you know, I'm not sure when, like, God sent down the order to have, like, him take ownership of that piece of nature and land, but that's just a side note. So anyway, they want to redevelop, and they want to tear down the 535 units. They want to build in its place 1,750-plus luxury apartments. They want to reduce the number of affordable units from 535 to 373. They want to restrict 373 of those units I mean, sorry, 200 of the 373 to seniors only, 62 and older. They want to eliminate all the five bedrooms, all the four bedrooms, and most of the three bedrooms. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that basically means that hundreds of families will be expelled from that property just on the basis of their family size and not on anything else. Not Mm -hmm. yet. Not yet. You know what I'm saying? The first thing is their family size. And, you know... (coughs) The next or maybe at the same time is their race, their class. You know, these are working class people. And, you know, at the end of the day, in order for them to charge what they want to charge for these outrageously expensive luxury condos, they have to, you know, send out that that narrative of we're going to clean this up. You know, that's what they do. They formulate this whole narrative around, you know, criminalizing the community first of all making it seem like it's just a bunch of drug users and criminals and once we clean this place up it's going to be really nice you know sending out all these messages and you know you go in front of the dc zoning commission and they're going to say anthony hood is going to sit there and say uh displacement is not germane to zoning and then want to talk about like what type of shrubs the developers are going to have and what type of, you know, brick or whatever they're going to use. Like that's what they wanted to talk about. I mean, it's just so like it's so disgusting, you know. And I mean, yeah, I don't even know where I was going with this because. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was explaining about the numbers. Well, so I mean, my how, how is the city council and government responding to this? OK, issue? so I mean, let me just say this about that. In the first part of the zoning process, Kenyon McDuffie, Ward 5 council member, wrote a letter in favor of the redevelopment, claiming that, like, what? this is a good move Kenyon for his... Kenyon McDuffie wrote a letter in favor? Yes, yes, in favor, in favor. Kenyon McDuffie also, you know, while the tenants were fighting for, like, their homes at the zoning commission, he was with eight other council members in Las Vegas courting developers, okay? Like... You know, what really blows me is that this is common knowledge at this point. Like, it's out in the open. Eight D.C. council members or nine D.C. council members, whatever the number was, are in Las Vegas, you know, talking to such and such. I mean, come on. Are you kidding? How would you say this is different from Sarsom Quarters, Mississippi Ave? Mm. Um, It's not different. It's not different. It's not different. What it is is that developers are are determining housing policy. Housing policy is determined based on what will generate the highest profits. Period. Like it's just not based on what people need. It's just not. So when you said like earlier before we were on air and you said the question, yeah, (laughs) ask ask the question, ask the question, because I'm trying to remember your exact wording. 
I uh, yeah, man, macroeconomics. I just have who decides the cost of housing? Who decides that these apartments are going to be, you know, twenty two hundred dollars a month? The capitalist class, the landowners, the owning class, the people who own shit, you know, because the average person does not own shit. Okay, people, we don't own like the any of the factories that make things. We don't own like the grocery stores. We don't own the retail stores. We don't own the modes of transportation. We don't own any planes. You know what I mean? We don't even own our houses because they could be seized, you know, even if you did own it. They could be seized if you don't pay your taxes. So, like, what do you own? So when other people, when like, not other people, but when a tiny number of people and, you know, corporations or whatever are controlling all of that and like now they're telling you you're living on their land, like says who? Like who decided that you own the water? You know what I mean? Are you crazy? (laughs) You're just going to go and take the water and not leave any for anyone else? You know, and they always try to act like, oh, it's scarce resources. But anybody who's ever worked at a grocery store knows that's a damn lie. Mm -hmm. There's no scarce resources. We have resources. And if we organize them in the interest of, you know, the needs of, of the people and the planet, we would be living in an environmentally, you know, safe situation. And we would be having all of our basic needs met. Healthcare, education, housing, you know, and good nutrition and so on and so forth. Oh, man. So it's all tied together. So when you fight one thing, you got to expose all things, you know. So when I'm organizing, like when I'm talking with tenants, we don't talk about, you know, just one. Like we don't just talk about what's happening right there at Brooklyn Manor. Like we know what's happening at Congress Heights. Like. The tenants are in contact with each other. You know what I mean? Like, we're not just doing this like we're 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 going at the whole system, you know, because you can't you can't address housing like in the absence of addressing all these other things. Everything is connected. So are there any upcoming events, any actions coming up? Like, what's the next big thing that we can lend our time and talents and promotional efforts to to help do something about this up situation yeah um yeah so there's a lot of stuff coming up um i mean coming up later this week on thursday is the people's platform event people's platform we have a graphic for that we've got a graphic coming up nick later this week i think nick has loaded the graphic do something (laughs) (laughs) did you load the graphic go ahead i'm sorry (laughs) let us know when the graphic is down i guess we can keep talking Mm -hmm. it is up Tell us about the People's Platform at the Woolly Mammoth, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to the Woolly Mammoth. Um, the People's Platform is, uh, it's basically our political education. So it's popular education and it's based on our principles. Our principles being things like housing as a human right, you know, pretty basic um, <laughs> things that like are very obvious once you've said them, like the right to transportation, you know, without having to like, pay and then and then like get arrested and actually end up in court because you were 20 cents short on a bus fare i mean these are ridiculous like this is ridiculous like people just can't keep going for this and so that's you know what we try to get across at 
through our political education program is just really people seeing the system for what it is and understanding that we collectively united across all social divisions have the power to bring it down. So that's the message we want to get across. I, like I mean, that. we want to get it, get it across to all audiences. You know what I mean? Because right. that's what we're doing. We're organizing across those divisions. How did one DC start? Who started that? Um, One DC started 10 years ago and it came out of um, another organization that was doing like, you know, co-op work and things like that. Um, But they recognized the people who founded it um, that, you know, something that was missing from like getting people like housed was organizing like something in terms of what to what to do or like how to begin to address the issue how to build power you know what i mean power in like numbers and alignment on like politics you know and i'm talking about radical politics of course right i like it man i'm really into it i've heard about one dc for a long time but i didn't know um i definitely really appreciate your like passion and your yeah yeah thanks for having me yeah man absolutely (laughs) i definitely want to learn more and do more you know the event definitely sounds cool we talked about Brooklyn Manor. Okay, she also wanted to ask about um, Chairman Phil Mendelson and Alyssa Silverman. What do they think? Um, who are I know Mendelson. Who's Alyssa Silverman? Do you know who that person is? You probably know. Who that person yeah, is. she's one of the council members. Um, but she, Alyssa Silverman, actually did. She and David Grosso like came together and wrote this letter, basically saying that the. The small number of affordable units that Mid-City Financial, the developers, offering Brooklyn Manor tenants is, like, insufficient to meet their needs. So, you know, they, you know, they did something more than McDuffie. Um, And none of the other council members, I mean, no comments to my knowledge. Um, So, you know, but like I said, like, we don't, like we don't count on them. You know what I mean? Like what we're doing is, you know, we're using their system to expose their crooked ways, you know, in order for them to basically acquiesce to like our will. What about, uh, do you think there's any, um, are there any other like politicians or people that are, are on the right side of these fights that you could, uh, you know, yeah, that was my next question. Like, who is good? Yeah, who who, who should the we... The whole thing? Do we just need to fire all of them? I mean, what's going on? You know? I mean, we just need to change how things run. You know, <laughs> we just need to... We, do, we need to put in place mechanisms that, like, put power into the control of the people, of the workers. Like, we need to... We just need to reorganize everything. It's not about who's in power. It's about how things are organized. You know, because any any one of us could go into city council right now and like at the end of the day, we're still operating within their system with their sets of laws in front of us. Right. So, you know, if you're going in and you're a judge or whatever and you have mandatory minimums that you have to sentence people with, you know what I mean? Or it is or what it is what it is like the fact that like it's okay for a kid to be brought into court for being 20 cents short on his bus fare is crazy. Like these things cannot continue yeah i mean i don't know i think about so much culture that is wrapped up in many of these places you know shout outs to berry farms shout outs to the goodman league shout outs to saratoga you know yeah um it's just congress heights Heights, man museum square (sighs) quarters 
<laughs> yeah. Corals. Paradise. Mayfair. Where know. we are right now. It's already been. Right. Lee Droid. Shout outs to Backyard. <laughs> I'm a go-go head And it just feels so weird now Listening to some old songs As they're calling out all these neighborhoods that, Yeah yeah. And, and so many of them are, are just disappearing It's just yeah. It's crazy Yeah people um, can't People people can't stand for it anymore Like they have to stop it There was, you a, know? There was a short and little yeah. known program That Mayor, um, Mayor Barry did In the early 90s And uh, where I live now is an example of it. He had this apartment complex and he had a row of townhouses and he had single family homes. It's one block right by, uh, right off Saratoga. I mean, mm-hmm. um, by Brooklyn Manor, further mm-hmm. down Montana. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see these like single family homes. They look like something you see in Maryland or something. Mm-hmm. Um, also this nice apartment building. And again, with the row houses and then we're all section eight housing. Mm-hmm. And the thing was the question why is it that the housing has to look like section eight housing mm-hmm. why not have it be nice mm-hmm. what's stopping you because, from because making it look beautiful and people were so upset mm-hmm. that that was who was going to live in these homes that this is what it was going to be and they swore that you know mm-hmm. they're just going to tear it up and it's just going to be like that. and it still looks brand new it still looks beautiful the people took great care of it and it it proved that there is a psychological warfare that is being played with the housing mm-hmm. that they that they do. When you talk about Brooklyn Manor and you drive through there and you look at how many people live there, but where are the businesses? Mm-hmm. There's nothing like that's not it's not like that when they're going to redevelop it. Their show, they, it just makes me so mad to see the pictures. Like, oh, yeah, this mm-hmm. is going to be a business line. You know, we have retail and all these restaurants. Why can't we have that now? Right. You know, we, we what are they trying to say? And they sh- mm-hmm. they showed that slightly with Rhode Island, Ave- Rhode Island Row. Mm-hmm. Um, that is income-based housing. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you see right there by the metro. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with that? beautiful people that if you if I you mean, put people in this, a hole this I is mean, my thing about that and that's what people's platform is about on thursday it's <clears> about like why doesn't dc have universal housing i mean really the question is like why why doesn't america have universal housing you know what i mean or why isn't there universal housing all around the world but um that's that's like the the reason why like public housing or section eight housing or whatever you want to call it is can't look nice is because if it looks nice then everybody is going to want it that's the 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 lie i that know they but sell. what i'm saying oh my is god if if everybody wants it i'm talking about on a logical basis like if you came to me and said you have a choice you can pay market rate rent okay or you can live in state-of-the-art beautiful public housing for 10 percent of your income I'm going to public housing. You know what I mean? And a whole lot of people across a whole economic range, like from zero to whatever, would be living together in public housing. That's what would be a mixed income community. Like that's what would be everybody living together on the basis of like their shared need for housing that doesn't like crush their livelihoods because it takes so much from their income. You know, like even if you're like, if you're making, you know, $40,000 a year, well, I mean, if you think about the facts, people survive off of like eight or $9,000 a year. 
And if you're making, if you're struggling at that and people making 40,000 are also struggling in like a lot of different ways and everybody's quality of life sucks, you know, but if you had a, a public option that everyone could opt into, like you would solve the issue. But the reason why the system can't have that is because that would mean that the people, the workers had taken control of their land and now they were deciding how it was used versus the owning class, like the landlords owning the land and them deciding how to use it, you know, because they're not a part of the community. They live where they live. You know what I mean? They're taking more than their fair share at the end of the day. That's what it's about. I mean, mm. it, it's a lot of different things at play. The, <clears throat> the the true elephant in the room comes into the complexion mm-hmm. of D.C. and most of the original Washingtonians. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Chocolate City. Mm-hmm. Um when you look at more diverse cities, mm-hmm. that's where you see this strange thing happening with the cost of living and the projects. When you go to other cities that are large, but the the people of color, that population isn't so large, it's cheap as fuck to live there mm-hmm. and live nice, mm-hmm. have a big old house beautiful Mm -hmm. when it's just when we are the extreme minority a funny thing happens all of a sudden everything's good hospitals all good exhibit virginia exhibit mo county exhibit you know the other 20 counties of maryland Mm -hmm. they got trailer parks out there Mm -hmm. but for some reason they don't diminish the resources Mm -hmm. you know in in terms of the food deserts like Mm -hmm. all of these different things that they put on top it's bigger than just the housing it's Mm -hmm. the lack of libraries Mm -hmm. it's the lack of parks it's the lack of playgrounds exactly it's all these different things that are missing it's everything they steal from you it's everything they steal from you and at the end of the day there's some people they steal more from than others so that those people can turn around and steal from people that have a little bit more than them you know what i'm saying so that's why racism is plays like so such a key role in yeah. how they're able to do what they do because without it like they can't they can't continue yep you Once know what i mean time, it costs a lot of money to live out in pg but then when black people started moving out there they dropped the wealth out of those houses mm-hmm. like <laughs> it's crazy you can't win no no but i do think that the first thing in in your passion with educating people that's where the grassroots movement happens because it's Mm -hmm. it's gonna take that like i remember when they closed dc general my mom was out there protesting and it struck me that the entire city Mm -hmm. at least every resident of southeast wasn't out there protesting for this hospital to stay open. Like, don't you understand? Mm -hmm. This is your life. Mm -hmm. This is your life. Mm -hmm. And the people who are out here, they don't even live in Southeast. But they sold, they've sold people so many illusions by that point. You know, so many illusions have been sold. Like I could make it too, if I did this, this or that, you know what I mean? People are trying to fight their way through and they end up living day to day. And then just like, you know what I mean? So that's why like the, you're right like the political education like that is the key part you know what i mean but also the solidarity because that's really what what political education is is demonstrating solidarity you know what i mean so like when i go to into brooklyn manor or wherever like like people know like this like we're coming in in solidarity to like work with you you know what i mean and be led by you to fight this fight you know we're not coming in like we're not coming it's not like education in the teaching sense you know what i mean it's like 
It's like building community. You know what I mean? Teaching people how to relate, like how to like trust each other, basically, you know? Hmm. Yeah. So and that's when you see like the strongest, the strongest fights, you know, that you're going to see are the ones where like is a really strong, tight knit community and people really care about each other. You know, they know each other's names. They know where their kids go to school. They babysit for each other, like people that are tight not people that are living like individualistic lives where they don't know what's happening with the people around them and they don't really care because all they're doing is trying to get what's theirs, mm-hmm. you know? So. Yeah, man. And education is key, man. Knowledge is power. Yeah. Feeling really informed and excited. Yeah. So we got, uh, what's that? The Wooly Mammoth date flyer. So Thursday, January 18th, yes. uh, 5.30 to 8.30 PM at the Wooly Mammoth theater. Okay. Uh, it's close to the Gallery Place Metro. You can go to, to 1dconline.org slash events and see the flyer on there. 1dc.org slash events. 1dconline.org. Okay. <coughs> I was yeah. saying online on purpose. Okay. She meant that. I did. She did. I was like, 1DC online, right? Yeah. That's the website. Online. It's online. <laughs> One DC online dot com slash events dot org dot. Oh my God, (laughs) Jay Mills. I like to give a shout out to cannabis sativa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. www dot one DC online dot org. Yes, slash events. Exactly. (laughs) That was pretty good. That was perfect. I couldn't have done it. Third time's the charm. I couldn't have done it. <laughs> so, okay, so when you're not busy fighting this madness. Yeah. What 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 do you do to keep your mind? Like, you know, it's, it's all about self-care. We haven't asked the zombie question in a while. Oh, we haven't. But let's talk about self-care first. What do you do? What do you do to like keep your mind quiet from all this? Or do you just does know. this just rattle around the edges constantly? You know, I mean, there's got to be something you can do, right, to to escape from this, so you can come back and fight all this. Like, you know, do you spa? Do I you mean, hike? no, 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 none of. I mean, I travel from time to time, just, like but randomly beat people up in the street. No, <laughs> no, people that look like council members. Come here. <laughs> No, she's an upstanding citizen of the world. (laughs) Yeah, she's not a threat, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Um, no, I mean, honestly, I hate when people ask me about self care. Um, that's like (laughs) one of the things because one of our things at One DC is health and wellness, of course. So we always are supposed to ask each other about self care, and I'm just like, you know, to me, like self care is being as organized as possible as disciplined as possible you know what i mean like getting things done when they need to get done in the amount of time they need to get done getting all the people into the right places like all that that's self-care because i can have a clear mind and like move forward as opposed to like having to escape you know why should i have to escape if things are getting done like how they're supposed to so it's just my self-care is just like how organized can i get you know what i mean Man, I need. I wish I, I need to hire like ten people like you, man. You got any <laughs> relatives looking for work? Seriously, no. I can dig that. <clears throat> I work all the time. I work um, seven days a week. You know, um, I got a, a, a day off here and there, but not really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mind it at all. But yeah. um, 
But self-care is important. Yeah, no, I, I agree. You I agree. Know, can't always be about the post-it notes and the uh, highlighters. No, no. You know? When's true. your birthday? April 26th. Oh, okay. What is yeah. that? Taurus. Taurus. Yeah, so. yeah. Down to earth. I have a friend named Hibba who would love you. She's like crazy organized. She's probably at home like, oh my God, <laughs> I need to meet this woman. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> That's awesome. That's well, we do have a zombie question. Okay. <clears throat> so. What's the zombie question? The zombie question is. Yes. The shit has hit the fan. Uh-huh. It's a zombie apocalypse. It's going down. DC is in flames. Yeah, man. And, and the power is off. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Wait. Oh wait! <laughs> I jumped. I jumped way ahead. Didn't I? Oh shit! I'm gonna pass you it. Stop the question. You're supposed to keep going. Okay. That now we did have a show once about disaster preparedness. In which yeah. case, that would be where the question stopped. But no, okay. that's not really the. The oh. question well, is what's the question? okay. You. <laughs> so, because I was gonna answer that. Really? Yeah. She's prepared. Okay, shit. let's let's Dude, go with organized. it. We got time. I was just gonna say, like, <laughs> you get all your neighbors together and you build a small city from like nothing. You just start over again. So she's gonna be. So she's coming to Fort Washington. I'm trying to steal someone's she fucking yacht. Shit, I'm Fort- on the whole other plane. <laughs> I mean, it's plan. a free for all at that point. You're you know coming what I to mean? Fort Wash. Yeah, Fort okay. Wash posh right there. Our plan is to commandeer a vessel. A cruise ship, a large one. <laughs> okay. Several. Well, first, we're going to steal a smaller boat yes. down at the wharf, probably. <laughs> to get to Fort Washington, we'll get a so, bigger boat yes. that will take to Baltimore to commandeer vessels that hold thousands. And then we can save everyone. That's now, right. on this boat, mm-hmm. theoretically, yeah. you can have any artist. I forgot about this part of the question. I'm so <laughs> this glad is the you're question. here. <laughs> <laughs> You could have five artists. Oh, five. On the boat <laughs> to jam out for time while we avoid zombies. I thought it was three. Was it three? Three. Five was the top five of the year. Oh, okay. My bad. Three. three. Five is like, I mean, fuck, you know? I you mean, know, like every genre covered. I just point. like, I'm not really a person that like has favorites. I listen to a lot of different things at different times depending on my mood. So, you know. Like, well, you're, it could be, you might die, so what would you... Go? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> what kind of music do you listen to um, I would... Lauren Hill. Or you know, maybe some... May, uh, what? I hope she doesn't miss the boat. Yeah, oh. well... <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm not... I'm I'm usually the I'm one talking about a Lauren long time Hill. ago. Right? Yeah, <laughs> so. Like early 90s, Lauren. Okay. Um... <laughs> Yeah, uh, maybe like, maybe even like some Alanis Morissette. Oh, oh shit! And you, okay. you know, okay. Um, you ought to know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't you think? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So third, you got. Two oh now. my gosh! Okay, <laughs> I can't even think right now. Um, <laughs> who else would I take with me? Maybe Erica Badu. Yes. Um, it's, it's a pretty yeah. good lineup. Yeah. yeah. I like this artist, uh, Emily King. She's I love like Emily jazzy. King. Yeah. Oh man. I haven't seen her in years. Yeah. She lost Emily King. I saw her once. I think it was at the Hamilton. Yeah, she's yeah. coming to DC all the time. Tickets were like twenty bucks, and it was just like this amazing artist. And I was just like, see, 
this is another reason why you know this stuff is just totally fake, you know, because there's such like incredible talent and mm. they don't see like the fruits of their product unless it's sold, you know. Mm. So, well, I mean, you know, that's how shit works, though. I mean, so like I try to always take like both perspectives because I tend to be super black and white about things. And as I get older, that's wearing off a little bit. But um, I mean, Someone, if someone owns the property, mm-hmm. they're also like paying all the taxes. They're also taking on a lot bigger of a responsibility than other people. So I feel like. But you know that people that own more have more money, and you know that people with the most money pay the least taxes. Oh, for sure, and they pay the lowest interest rates and all that. I was in real estate finance for thirteen years. Exactly. So you know they keep everything. Right, which is why you know. But I mean, it's. But we don't get to keep much at all, and what right. we do keep, it's got to be given right back to them because they own the land. You know what I'm saying? And they tell you where the jobs are that you can have, and they tell you who can have what jobs and how much people. Are are going to make you know what I'm saying so that's why you know it needs to be in the hands of the people that's why we have to reorganize not on the basis of greed you know what I mean and how much you can hoard right but on the basis of like how you know you could all live together you can share is sharing so we have to take all of their money I think yeah I mean we have to take like yeah just like they just take all level, ours instead just have of them to level everything out absolutely burn it to the ground I mean <laughs> I'm with that. Blow it up and then burn it down. That's always that's, that was my high school quote, actually. Yeah. I'm just kidding. That's not that's not a real thing. I'd be very <laughs> would be very concerned if my high school quote was blow it up and then burn it down. I would like to think, but yeah, yeah, you might. You know, you might like have gotten class, held in this climate. Class <laughs> slogan, maybe not like high school thing, but maybe like. <laughs> Class of 95 or blow eight. it up, burn it down. Class of 99, blow it up, burn it down. Right, exactly. <laughs> Context is important. <laughs> it is. It is. Oh, man. Is it time for business shout out or no? Yeah, who Who's are we doing this week? The Woolly Mammoth Theater. Oh, the Woolly Mammoth. What's yeah. Up? What's up with the Woolly Mammoth? They've been around for a long ass time. Do they have Woolly Mammoths in multiple locations or is that just a DC thing? <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm sure i'm not sure i, I haven't most, checked that we need to ask the woolly mammoth machine <laughs> i had the most inappropriate thought Nikki's <laughs> <laughs> not here to give me the eye hey oh, oh wait we we better say something smart so we can use our wisdom nugget graphic oh there's a graphic yeah she had all this what actually did you, drop nuggets. Any, did you drop any wisdom nuggets oh, oh man, man. I mean, you, you have high serious, standards. <laughs> I know. You, you dropped know? some serious wisdom nuggets. <laughs> just kidding. We just didn't call them wisdom nuggets. So that's where we where we messed up. We didn't. We didn't call it. Unacceptable, man. Unacceptable. Space cadets, man. That's all I can say. I don't Couldn't know what you're it. talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired today, J. Mills. Afterwards, so I'm going to tell you why I laughed to myself about <laughs> come on be but inappropriate on the show it's so much more fun than no because so are we doing other shout outs too no uh, yeah do you have any yeah. small businesses you would like to shout out, shout out one DC. i mean i have other organizing groups i'd like there to you shout go out. Yeah. yeah please shout okay. out the homies so shout out to the lead organizing group justice first for justice their work first. at congress heights and yeah. shout out to Word. empower dc and the berry farms yes. tenants and allies yes, yes. association yes. yes yeah yes 
Like there are many more shout outs, but if I keep going, then I'll just have to keep going. Keep no, I mean, you can. I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. And then what about for the average person that's like super new and doesn't know any of this stuff? What would you suggest for them? Like, where should they start? I mean, they should really just go to our website, onedconline.org. And once they start getting involved with us, you know, we got all that material. You know what I mean? Right. Do you see how fluid she did that website? She didn't stumble. <laughs> Are you at all? It was just like. <laughs> Wow, you know what I'm saying? One DC online dot org. <laughs> oh no. Hey. Wow. Got it. She's back. She's back. She's back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we should definitely end with a metaphysical moment. <clears throat> so Jay Mills is very metaphysical and she likes to well we we love it when she ends the show with a metaphysical moment to help tune us back into the planet. Okay. On which we reside. Is this something we're supposed to be doing at the same time? No, no. you don't. You about to join in? Oh man. no! Yeah, we no. should be like <laughs> clap, you have to clap on every third word. <laughs> no. Is this an interpretive dance? <laughs> Didn't practice. I don't know what's so happening here. Five, six, seven. But I'm ready. I guess you look like you were. Okay. First, I get it. I gotta give a shout out again to Nikki. Yes. And. Congratulations on air. Now that I can share, because <laughs> you share, yes. yes, that there's a bundle of joy on the way. And yeah, being and we're not sick, just talking about a taco delivery. We are not talking about tacos. No. It is Tuesday. And yes. shout outs to Rico Lo- Rito Rito Loco Rito Loco. There we go. I'll touch you on my taco. Yeah, but there's more than tacos. You know what? This is just. <laughs> <good. laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna go bad. Congrats, Nikki. Yeah. I was wondering. Put the bun in the oven. When someone would note that. A bundle of tacos. <laughs> no, no more taco talk. Uh, Nikki's having a baby. Yeah. Everyone. Do we know if it's a boy or a girl, or we haven't decided that yet? Nah. We just hope it likes tacos. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting it baby tacos. I, my son didn't like tacos. I couldn't have What? He was so weird. He was, it was so weird. He was so particular. I was so mad. He still is like that now. I'm just like, you know Doesn't what? Doesn't it wear off with kids after the long? I was just going to say he still has time, I think. I hope so. Do you have kids? No. No. Do you have siblings with kids or anything? No, but no. I do have siblings. Ah. I just didn't appreciate. I have friends with kids. I don't have any kids either. I like kids. I just can't eat a whole one, you know? <laughs> I mean, you know, you have a whole alien piloting your body that's what it feels like yeah you know there you are living your life and then something else is like eat this <laughs> i don't like it <laughs> like but i love this what do you mean or yeah it's just weird it's weird it's so crazy i love jamaican he didn't I couldn't eat it i'd be so mad I'd be like go eat eat that curry chicken you want to ha <laughs> 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 Yeah, so eventually I just learned to listen and just follow whatever. Hadn't had pork in 14 years. He wanted all the pork, all the, oh, ham, bacon, pork chops, fried, smothered, Oh, he took grilled. it too far. He was, you I shouldn't was, have let him oh taste it. God. You shouldn't have let him taste it. I know. shouldn't have. But, I again, I just got tired of arguing with the young man that <laughs> took over my body. I mean, you make yeah. it. It was a whole man. Person. He had an old, old voice, too. In, in in my head when it was just no <laughs> <laughs> like James Earl Jones <laughs> <inside of> you. <laughs> yes that's what it felt like oh man but yeah she got us organized man shout out to Nikki 
shout outs to uh, babies and stuff like that and metaphysical. Shout out to babies. <laughs> <laughs> what up, babies? Um, <laughs> in the spirit of uh, what we're talking about in, in building, in land, in taking ownership, the metaphysical moment that I had that also is a shout out to Nikki is in the power of creation that we have as human beings. We're not just human. The word being is a word of change. Nothing is for certain. Nothing is forever. And it is only through your actions that you can truly, truly manifest what it is to be human in this life. And there are rights that we all have. There are things that we all need. And necessity is the mother of invention. Right now, with the power of technology, we have the ability to unite in a way that this earth has not seen. It's an amazing time to be alive. And it's amazing power that we have right now to use this double edged sword because it can be a distraction or it can be the greatest tool ever to unite. So in creating new life in understanding that it starts in your mind first, it starts in your thoughts first. And then there's power in the written word. We have the power to create life, not just physically in having a child. That's like the ultimate, you know, definition of it. But anytime you have an idea and you think it and you share it, if you actually take that next step to make it real, it's like you gave a child to this earth. You gave birth to a thought that now has life and meaning and it affects other people. So as we are on this plane and we fight these different things that seem so immense. We have to realize that this thing that we're fighting is not one entity. It is not one person. It is a principle. It's a principle and they are united in this principle and they see each other as equals under this one principle Mm -hmm. that you don't deserve to eat. You don't deserve to have a place to live. You don't deserve to live at all Mm -hmm. there are those that think that and then there's also those they call us indigenous to this planet they call us natives they say we're tribal say we're cultural food's too spicy chicken's too salty whatever you want to say but these people all understand one thing that we're supposed to be here and everybody's supposed to live and everybody's supposed to have a house and we're all supposed to be happy. This country says you have the right to pursue happiness. And if you've ever been around a child, you know they have an, a limitless joy just for no reason. We are supposed to be happy. We are supposed to be happy. But there are those that feel differently. The key is for those that feel <clears throat> like I feel. We got to unite under that. Forget the differences. Yeah, there are differences, different languages, different this. If you want to talk about black and white, you can look at the unity that comes under those that can say white. However, those that are not white cannot unify and say that they are anything that's the same. We have so many differences, so many differences. But as we embrace the power of human being, Mm-hmm. want us to be different be better be love be bright come together make a change for what is right if you're a washingtonian i hope that you've been listening i hope that you visited one dc org and looked at a way that you can be a part of making a change dc is 
a metaphor for the world. We are Mm -hmm. fighting a battle against principles and it is being played out on this entire planet. We're simply talking about the right to live Mm -hmm. the right for the people who live in this place to live where they live. And everybody needs to get behind us. It affects everyone. It really does. So with that note, one love. That was my metaphysical message. Shout outs once again to Nikki. Shout outs to you. Yes, I'm Mina. doing this for that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like I'm gonna go transcribe that later and She's like awesome, isn't she? you know, <laughs> ask you to join as a member so that we can put your like that was just beautiful. Oh, That's man. exactly what it is. Thank I mean you. I don't think anybody could ever say it better. Like really. <laughs> Shout out to Canvas, the Tiva. Oh, and, you're, um, you're a prophet, Jay. Stop being all <laughs> I'm, boy I'm just shit. an alien, you know? Yeah, I get you sure are. really high <laughs> because I'm not from Earth. I'm a spirit that wears a body. That's why I like to change my hair so drastically. I love it so Don't much. get used to this. The fuck is this? You like Nothing. it? Take it off. I hate it. Psych. Oh man, Nikki, we miss you. You have like the dope sign off. What did she say? What do we, what do we, how do we? Catch you next time. Catch you next time. It's the Eminem show. Thanks, guys. And I thank all of you guys for being out here supporting us. We need all the support. And we need these council members out here supporting us too. Where they at? Where they at? We voted for you. Where you at? We ain't gonna move. We ain't gonna move. When we hold together. When we hold together. We make ourselves strong. We make ourselves strong. We love Brooklyn now. Our homes is there. We do not want to be on the street or wonder where we're going to be at in our next meal. We ain't gonna move. We ain't gonna move. We ain't gonna move. We ain't gonna move. She says, Grandma, I'm worried. She said, Are you all going to have a place to live? We ain't gonna move. When we hold together, when we hold together. Strong. We make ourselves strong. Brooklyn Manor is a place where families become families. We're all connected. We all look out for each other. We look out for each other's kids. It's our home. We are home.